We try to play with great pace. We try to play with great pace. Ran a lot of pick and roll, pick and pop uh, type actions. Oh, you'll see us play. Some people look at the guy next to him and say, what the hell was that shot? Hell, I could have been Gronk before Gronk was Gronk. Welcome back to another episode of Bangerangs and Daggers. I'm your host out here on the East Coast, still staying at home, Kevin Knight. And joining me again this week for a uh, special uh, guest visit again is my husband, Brad Knight. Thanks for having me back. Although you can't really avoid me, can you, in this quarantine life? Yeah, well, it's pretty hard to avoid not having you join me on this, given the, uh, what, month and a half of sheer marital bliss we've been enjoying together in our small DC apartment. Happy anniversary. That's true. That is this week. Hope you got me flowers. Do they deliver? Uh, I don't know. You're the one that's on that, right? It's your year for that? Eh, we might just have to pick some outside. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, this past weekend, I'm sure you're all aware, was the NFL draft, the stay-at-home NFL draft edition. And uh, unlike our podcast, where you don't actually have to see our smiling faces, the uh, draft this year was conducted by primarily Zoom, I guess, right? Zoom? They weren't Skyping. Who knows? Because... Every time they went to another potential draftee, it was the most awkward family scene of family members trying to usher others off camera, of uh, delayed reaction. It was not exactly the perspective that we would have gotten in years past where you had people come up and speak to their excitement and uh you know how honored they were to be picked by a team and how they were so looking forward to going to fill in the blank city that they had never previously visited before never given any thought to or never cared at all about but oh my god i'm so excited and of course we still had robot commissioner roger goodell doing it all that man, I, if you were going to take advantage of this opportunity to completely reimagine and reformat the announcements, why would you pick him to continue making them? You could have subbed in so many different people or, you know, just not had any human I mean, I guess there wasn't a human, so I guess never mind. Yeah, and I do promise to our listeners I will never, ever do my robot impersonation ever again on this podcast, so please don't unsubscribe after hearing that. You mean that's not what you do every week? Hey, that's harsh. But then again, you know, whatever. Uh, all right, let's move on with that harsh critique from... Uh, the peanut gallery there. Um, Yeah. So in light of the NFL draft this week, we decided to uh, in that theme, take a look at the NBA draft and the history of Nebraska Cornhuskers who have been drafted in the NBA draft. We're going to take a look at their uh, overall list and finish up with taking a look at how Nebraska ranks 
in comparison with their Big Ten uh, opponents at uh, total draft count and um, where exactly everybody fell overall. Um, to kick us off on this, however, we're going to take a look at a couple um, highlighted Huskers here who did go on to have a, a career in the NBA rather than just be drafted. Um, now, to fully clarify, though, we're only looking at NBA players who were actually drafted and taking a look at their careers. I was called out, as some of you who follow us on Twitter might have noticed, um, I was called out over the weekend when I gave a sneak peek at who all we'd be looking at in our list uh, by first Kent Pavelka, none other than, and then um, it was by Eric Strickland afterwards on um, who exactly are the best Cornhuskers to ever play in the NBA. I do admit um, that was my fault for not specifying. We were only looking at Cornhuskers who were drafted and their NBA career, not overall Cornhuskers who went on to play in the NBA. However, um, for later episodes, we will certainly take a look at some of the best Cornhuskers to play in the NBA. And by all means, we would love it if Eric Strickland would come on and uh, talk with us about his career and why it was that, um, you know, our list of who to vote for was incorrect. So um, by all means, that that's a warm, friendly invite. We'd love to talk with you. And by all means, um, you know, anytime, you're welcome. So let's, uh, let's get on to that list then, shall we? And uh, first off, we'll start by... Reminding everybody, the most recent Cornhusker drafted was none other than Isaiah Roby, taken in last year's NBA draft in the second round as the 45th overall pick. Uh, he was drafted by the uh, Detroit Pistons before being traded immediately to the Dallas Mavericks. And uh, fun fact, Isaiah Roby was the highest paid contract awarded to a second round draftee in the history of the NBA draft. Um, I did not bother looking up before the podcast whether or not that was adjusted for inflation or not, though. Um, but no matter what, it was the highest dollar total awarded to a second-round draftee. So Roby has that going for him. And even though he's not going to be with the Pistons, we wish him well. I do uh, have to say, though, that uh, that might have improved my experience of a Pistons game. The only one uh, that I have attended has been here in D.C. and was not the most impressive import performance i have to say and i will also go on to admit that the uh non-existent prenuptial agreement um that i joke he signed when we got married does dictate that he is forced to be a detroit pistons fan and i am sorry that uh we aren't older and met during the uh, nice era of um, when i grew into my pistons fandom back when they won the title in 2004 so you know sorry about that but thanks for being a good sport about it Anytime. Oh, and also, um, you know, also on topic is the fact that the Michael Jordan uh, series is out. Nate's not here, so we can rag on him for the fact that Nate McHugh thinks that LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan. He's not. But anyway, um, the Detroit bad boys were definitely better than the Michael Jordan-led Chicago Bulls. So Detroit bad boys, way better 
refuse to watch a documentary because I'm betting it's overly critical of the bad boys. Back to the list. <laughs> so Roby was the uh, last Husker to be drafted in how many years? 21, oh, I'm sorry, 20 years. Uh, before that, the last Nebraska Cornhusker to be drafted was Vincent Hamilton in 1999. He was also picked in the second round, but as the 50th overall pick in the draft. Here's hoping it's not another 20 years before our next. Most definitely. Um, sure, Fred Hoiberg will do a good job of making sure that that's not the case. Now, the other Cornhuskers that we'll be highlighting, because I'll take this opportunity to mention Nebraska has had 27 draft picks in the history of the NBA draft, which, as you would know, if you listened to last week's episode, started in 1949 when the NBA was formed. Um, as you know, uh, that is the first season that Jack Phelan played. Uh, so if you haven't listened to last week's episode, make sure you do, because that was a great conversation uh, with him. Um, now, the next Cornhusker that we'll look at is Tyrone Liu, a name I'm sure you're all familiar with. And he was drafted in 1998 in the first round as the 23rd overall pick in the NBA draft. After him, we'll take a look at uh, 1994's draft pick. First round, 15th overall pick, Eric Pietkowski. Uh, 1991, also first round pick, 14th overall pick, Rich King. 1986's third round pick, 65th overall, Dave Hoppen. 1976's third round, 51st overall pick, Jerry Fort. And 1968's third round pick, 23rd overall, Stu Lance. And so that's not all of the players. Where can everyone go to find the full list? We will include that, in fact, in uh, the coronation.com uh, posting for the podcast. So if you are interested in taking a look at everybody who was drafted, uh, you can find it there. However, we selected the players to highlight who had uh, the longest careers in the NBA. Not everyone who was drafted, just like with the NFL draft, where you have a lot of people end up going in the late rounds or uh, signing on as undrafted free agents. A lot of them get cut before the season actually starts. Same thing with the NBA draft, in fact. But I do invite you to look at the list and see what rabbit holes you go down as you look through it and think about those seasons and the players and the seasons that they had at Nebraska. Uh, there's some, some fun stories within that list that I think you'll uh, be uh, interested in reminding yourself about. So let's start into our list and uh, dig deeper at the players that Kevin highlighted. How about uh, Eric Piakowski? Tell me a little bit about his career. Yeah, so Eric played for 14 seasons overall in the NBA. He played in a total of 789 games, making 248 career starts. Over his career, he averaged 7.5 points per game while shooting 43.4% from the field, averaged 2.17 rebounds per game, and .99 assists. Uh, as I said, Pietkowski was drafted 15th overall in the 1994 NBA draft by the Indiana Pacers, but he was, just like Roby, immediately traded, and it was to the Los Angeles Clippers. With the Clippers, he played for nine seasons, 
uh, before his contract ended, and he became a free agent who signed with the Houston Rockets. Um, he ended his career. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, he ended his career as a Clipper with the franchise lead in games played at 616, uh, with three-point field goals made of 738 total three-pointers, and he also had the highest uh, franchise career field goal attempts of 1,835, and something that the team this year for the Cornhuskers surely lacked was a pretty nice free throw percentage at 88% for his career with the Clippers. Nobody needs to hear about that. We all know. Come on. It's, it's just mean at this point. Well, it's not my fault they were bad at free throws. I harped on it enough all season long. Sorry, I got to make one more dig at it. But after one season with the Rockets, Pietkowski was traded before the start of the 2004 season to none other than the evil, awful, no-good Chicago Bulls. After two seasons as a no-good Chicago Bull, he signed a two-year deal with the Phoenix Suns, through the 2007-2008 season, which brought about his retirement at that, uh, the end of that season. That's a hell of a career. 789 games. I don't know many players who have had that kind of longevity in this era, given the wear and tear on a player. And, you know, I'm not an NBA uh, connoisseur by any means, so my degree of knowledge about how many games and players and stats is is minimal but 789 games that's that's something that'll stick with you i suppose at your height it might be a little bit more beneficial on your knees but eh, who knows no comment let's move on to tyron lu who played for 11 seasons Yep. Uh, Lou is probably the most common name everyone thinks of, um, as demonstrated by the poll uh, that we took on who had the best, uh, I'm sorry, best NBA season by a Cornhusker, or uh, NBA career, rather. Lou played in 554 games, making 173 career starts, while going 43.7% on uh, his shooting from the field. He averaged 8.5 points per game over his career. 1.7 boards and 3.12 assists while committing 1.19 turnovers per game. His best career is with Atlanta, right? That's right. His 2004-2005 season. Well, actually, I, let me backtrack. His best partial season, in fact, because mm. he traded that year. Okay. 2004-2005 uh, with the Hawks, he averaged 13.51 points per game and 5.39 assists. What else, though? What are his other notable career accomplishments? What everybody with Nebraska remembers about his playing career rather than his coaching career, because once again, we're looking at playing career players uh, that wore the Cornhusker uniform in college. He was a two-time NBA champion with the Los Angeles Lakers, winning the 2000 and the 2001 World Championship. Uh, luckily, three years later, the Detroit Pistons won in 2004. Naturally, you mentioned that. Yep, of course. And uh, anyway, so um, what's most particular about that, sorry about our dog there. Uh, if you heard that, I'm not sure if the mic picked it up. In the 2001 playoffs, though, when the Lakers won, uh, he was instrumental in helping them win the final series in the playoffs 
against um, Allen Iverson in game one when he took the uh, main defensive assignment guarding Iverson. Uh, also, he did play in the 2009 NBA Finals for the Orlando Magic later in his career. He left Nebraska early, right? That's right. Uh, so he left Nebraska early to get drafted in the 1999 NBA draft, where he was selected in the first round, 23rd pick overall by the Denver Nuggets, but was, just like Roby and Pietkowski, immediately traded to the Los Angeles Lakers. After the 2001 season, he signed with the Washington Wizards. hey <laughs> Until uh, eventually moving on to the Orlando Magic for the 2003-2004 season. Uh, he was traded in the offseason to the Houston Rockets, but saw limited minutes on a guard-heavy roster, and so was traded before the calendar flipped to 2005 to the Atlanta Hawks, where he stayed until 2008. Where did he go at that point? Uh, by then, he was traded to the Sacramento Kings, but just 12 days later was waived. And four days after being waived by the Kings, he signed with the Milwaukee Bucks for the remainder of the 2000-2008 season. Uh, before participating in part of the 2008-2009 season as a buck, and then was traded back to the Orlando Magic in February 2009, where he ended his playing career, including that stint playing for them in the NBA Finals. That's just crisscrossing the country in that last couple of uh, changeovers, moving from the Hawks to the Kings to the Milwaukee Bucks to the Magic. You're just moving all over the place. Yep, you would certainly rack up a lot of frequent flyer miles if you weren't flying a... Uh, well, I mean, I guess he'd be flying commercially rather than on the team plane at that point, so... Uh, what I wouldn't give to be on a plane right now. Uh, good thing we're not. So I think Stu Lance is up next. Let's uh, talk about him. So he played seven seasons, and he was a guard, right? That's right. So Stu Lance played 466 total games, uh, although... I'm going to admit my research for the show, uh, the pod tonight, did not really take into account um, how many starts he actually got. That wasn't clear for uh, where I was able to find his stats. But he did, over his career, average 27.9 minutes per game, along with 12.4 points per game, 43.5% field goal shooting, 3.3 rebounds, and 2.9 assists per game. And if I'm right, he had 20.6 points per game and 4.95 rebounds in that 1970-71 season, uh, which was the last year the Rockets were in San Diego. Is that right? That's right. So Lance was drafted by the San Diego Rockets in the third round. Uh, first pick, 23rd overall of the 1968 NBA draft. So he was the first pick in the third round, 23rd overall pick. Uh, 1968 NBA draft by the Oakland Oaks. I'm sorry. I said that wrong. Uh, Lance was drafted by the San Diego Rockets in the third round. Uh, first pick in the third round, 23rd overall of the 1968 NBA draft. But he also was in the American Basketball Association draft in 1968. Um, at the time, it was a breakaway league, which attempted to form, uh, but eventually folded he chose to take the NBA contract, no surprise there, and played from 68 to 76. Uh, from 1968 to 1972, he played with the San Diego Rockets, and uh, during that time frame, they moved to Houston, 
where they are the present-day team that you all know, the Houston Rockets, obviously, uh, before moving on to the Detroit Pistons from 1972 to 1974. At that point in 74, he also had a brief stint with the New Orleans Jazz and then moved on to the L.A. Lakers, uh, where he was until the end of his playing career the following season. Do I have that right? That's right. Most importantly, though, we should all note the fact that he was, in fact, a Detroit Piston. That seems to be a theme tonight. Well, you know, uh, go figure. But moving on, let's move on to our second to last player that we will take a look at tonight. I'll just pause to say, I would argue, and this is just me speaking, that maybe their brief stints there were by design, and maybe they didn't want to stay with the Detroit Pistons. I resent that, and for the sake of our marriage, we are going to move on to the next person on our list. All right, so let's talk about him. Next up is Rich King, who had seven seasons in the NBA, played in 72 games, making two career starts, averaged 1.88 points per game and 1.03 rebounds per game. His 1991-92 rookie season was one of two with double-digit games played in, seeing action in 40 games that season overall. His other season was 1993-94 when he played in 27 games. So in the draft, King was selected by the Seattle Supersonics in the first round. He was the 14th pick overall of that 1991 NBA draft. He played four seasons with the Sonics, but was in the NBA seven years overall from 91 to 99. Unfortunately, his career suffered numerous injuries that prevented prevented him from participating most seasons. So his career stats are pretty limited as a result. Um, He never really saw any floor time from any team, from what I can tell, um, besides the Supersonics, and played in just 72 games overall, starting into his rookie season. That's correct, Uh, which is similar as a result to our next person on the list as well. That's Dave Hoppin. That's right. Dave Hoppin played six seasons, 169 games total, making 46 career starts. Uh, For those of you who are particularly uh, knowledgeable about Nebraska Cornhusker, uh, Nebraska ball history, you'll remember Dave Hoppin uh, blew out his knee against Colorado his senior season for the Cornhuskers and managed to spend a long, long time recovering from that, unfortunately, and in large part that proceeded to derail any chance of a promising NBA career, unfortunately. But, uh, as I said, of those 169 games, let's take a look at those. Uh, 4.95 points per game, 3.83 rebounds per game over his career. Uh, 1988 to 89 was his best season overall. He had career high averages in the following categories of 6.49 points per game, 4.99 rebounds per game, and 0.27 blocks per game when he played for the Charlotte Hornets. So backing up a step, I believe you might have said, but I forget, Hoppin was selected by the Hawks in the third round. He was the 65th pick overall of that 86 NBA draft and overall played six seasons. That initial draft by the Hawks uh, didn't result in any floor time uh, because of that senior uh, year injury. But after being placed on waivers, 
at the end of the calendar year of 87, he was signed with the Bucks in January of 88. Is that right? That's right. Although, let's just take a second to have a moment of silence in remembrance of our hatred for the Colorado Buffaloes and the knee injuries that they caused to players, both people like Dave Hoppin and Adrian Martinez. All right, now that we've sufficiently commemorated how much we hate those evil, evil Colorado Buffaloes, let's uh, continue breaking down uh, Dave Hoppin's career. Um, he played just three games for the Bucks uh, back in 1987 before he was signed with the Charlotte Hornets. I'm sorry, before he was traded to the Golden State Warriors for the remainder of that season. And then he signed on with the Charlotte Hornets starting with the 1988-89 season and played for them until being traded to the Philadelphia 76ers during the 90-91 season. Stayed in Philly for one more season before finishing his career in the 92-93 season with the New Jersey Nets playing in just two games. Now, for the last person on this list is uh, somebody who managed to cling on to what essentially amounts to a three-season career in the NBA, but he never actually saw any playing time. And so because of the fact that he managed to sign three separate contracts, we're still going to highlight him at the bottom of our list. And that is Jerry Fort, who was selected in the third round 17th pick of the 1976 NBA draft by the Boston Celtics. He was cut in October, however, and then again signed by the Celtics a year later in 1977 before being cut again. Finally, he was picked up in 1978 by the Philadelphia 76ers before being cut not too long thereafter, about a week or two later in 1978. That's just cruel. Uh, I mean, come on, the Celtics did it twice to him? Like, really? And it's not like they had Larry Bird in 78. They were still a year away from having Bird. And he probably endured Boston winters during all of that. Yeah. Also, let's let's focus on the more important thing. He had to endure Boston accents for two years. I was more so thinking about Dunkin' Donuts. I hate Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Thank God that's an East Coast thing for the most part. Although their donuts aren't too terrible. But their coffee? Oh, uh-uh. Krispy Kreme all the way. Eh. All right. So now that we've taken a look at the uh, notable... Nebraska ball uh, players who have gone on to NBA careers. We're going to take a look at Again, draftees. True. Thank you for that clarification. Now that we've taken a look at notable Nebraska ball players who have been drafted in the NBA draft, let's take a look at how Nebraska stacks up in the overall uh, count for um, how many draft picks and where in the draft all of their picks fell compared to Big Ten competition. Now, you'll remember uh, earlier we mentioned Nebraska had 27 overall draft picks, and you might have caught on. There were three players who were drafted in the first round overall. And those players were? Tyrone Liu, Eric Pietkowski, and Rich King. (laughs) So anyway... uh, We will take a look at uh, where they fall and uh, while you sweat out where Nebraska falls finally when we uh, mention them in the list. Probably to anybody who knows anything about Big Ten basketball, it comes as no surprise that none other than the Indiana Hoosiers sit at the top 
for total number of draft picks. They have 91 total draft picks. Best for the Big Ten. They have 29 first-round draft picks, seven of which fell within the top five overall of the draft. And they have two top one overall draft picks, those last two stats of which are tied for um, top in the Big Ten. This next one must pain you. It does. Thank you for calling attention to that. None other than the evil, mutant, awful Michigan Wolverines have 75 total draft picks, good for second overall in the Big Ten. And they have, uh, even better than Indiana, 31 first-round draft picks. Tied with Indiana and another school that we'll find out later on, they have seven picks that fell within the top five overall of the draft, and they're tied with Indiana for two top one overall picks of the draft entirely. Next up, a fellow uh, Big Ten West football program. They're fighting for third place. Eh, good one. The Illinois Fighting Third Place Illini. 74 draft picks overall, uh, just behind Michigan hot on their heels, 15 first-round picks overall, and two picks fell within the top five overall of the draft. Next up is uh, nearby Maryland Terrapins with 69 total draft picks, 20 of which fell in the first round, seven fell in the top five, which is a tie with Michigan and Indiana for best in the conference. And they also had two picks go as the top one overall, also tying Michigan and Indiana. Row the boat. <laughs> I guess that doesn't apply here, but you know, row the boat. Nope. This one's Rich Patino Jr. Uh, the Minnesota Golden Gophers, 64 total draft picks in the NBA draft. They also, similar to Maryland, had 20 first round picks overall but they only had five picks go in the top five overall and just one as a top overall pick uh, in the draft entirely. Now, can you, can you speak objectively about this next one? Should we, should we fact check you on this one? Um, yes, I can be objective. I'm always objective on this part. The Michigan State Spartans had 63 overall draft picks and just edging out Maryland and Minnesota, they've had 21 draft picks fall in the first round. And edging out Minnesota, they had six fall within the top five. Finally, they had one draft pick fall within uh, as the overall draft pick entirely in the NBA draft. We'll more more on that later. So we're halfway through the next halfway through the list with this next pick. It's going to be Nebraska, right? Unfortunately, no. Bringing up the rear of the front half is perfectly average in every single way, in every single category, the Iowa Hawkeyes. Yep, those people. So they had 57 overall NBA draft picks, nine of which fell within the first round. And that's it. That's all they have. They don't have any top five. They don't have any topper overall. So let's move on to our next uh, entrant on this list. Oh, H. Yeah, I mean, if you can spell three letters in a four-letter word, then you can get admitted to this school, the Ohio State Buckeyes. They fall at number eight overall in the Big Ten for 
NBA draft picks with 55 total, 25 of which went in the first round. So definitely blowing Iowa out of the water in terms of elite picks, but uh, not so much in overall picks being they fall too behind. Um, now the Hawkeyes have 11, or I'm sorry, not the Hawkeyes, the Buckeyes have 11 that fell in the top five overall, and they had one draftee fall as the top overall pick in an NBA draft. After them is another team near and dear to my heart in terms of hatred, the Purdue Boilermakers. Their basketball program has seen 49 overall NBA draft picks, nine of which fell in the first round. Three have fallen in the top five, and they had two overall first picks in the NBA draft. Number 10. No? Yeah, okay. Uh, on Wisconsin. Yep, the Wisconsin Badgers had 42 draft picks overall. Not honoring them with any kind of acknowledgement. I knew there's a reason I married you, and one of them is your hatred of Wisconsin. Everything Wisconsin. Thank you for that. 11 first-round picks and three that fell in the top five overall of the NBA draft. Now that we come to number 11, is it your Nebraska ball, Huskers? Alas, it is not. Some of you may be surprised to learn the Northwestern Wildcats fall at number 11. They have had 31 NBA draft picks but just one player that fell in the first round. So at least we have that going for us for Nebraska. They only had one guy go in the first round, but they did have 31 overall draft picks. Finally, who comes in at number 12? Nebraska ball. That's right. The Nebraska Cornhuskers come in at number 12 on the list for Big Ten in terms of NBA draftees. And as we already know, they had 27 draft picks overall three of which went in the first round. None the, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to continue to say, because the next part is just that embarrassing. Can we just say, so there are two teams left. This is true. Take yeah. a mental note, run down the list. Who haven't we talked about? Hmm. Let's see. What are those two teams? Earning the scarlet letter is none other than... Not Rutgers uh, at number 14. Number 13, in fact, is the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. They had 23 overall draft picks in the NBA draft over the course of their history, four of which fell in the first round. Now, the Scarlet Letter team is who at number 14? That would be the Penn State. Nittany Lions, who only have... 14 total draft picks. And now let's be clear. That is contrasted with Indiana at 91 draft picks. And 91 also, to 14. And bear in mind, they're also the only program in the entire Big Ten to not have a single draftee go in the first round. And let's just be clear. I'm emphasizing this. To minimize Nebraska's disappointing 12th place finish, it's not great, but it is not as bad as Penn State. That it most certainly is not. We'll just folk ignore the fact of you know NCAA tourney records. So 
all of that aside, that is where everybody sits in terms of overall draft picks for NBA draft entrance among Big Ten schools. Now, for the last thing that we'll take a look at is who arguably is the best player to ever come out of the Big Ten in terms of what their NBA career went on to be. Now, bear in mind, this is probably going to be somebody who went as the number one overall pick in the NBA draft entirely, of which there are... Nine total players. Sorry, I had to do a quick count of that. I didn't actually total it up before this. Math is hard. I'm not that bad at it. So out of nine players, who can you guess is the person who actually falls on this list? Who's it going to be? Well, it's probably pretty obvious. And call me a homer, but if you do, you're just being biased against who it actually is. Homer. Irvin Magic Johnson clearly gets the pick. Uh, That's right. Michigan State's very own Irvin Magic Johnson in the 1979 draft went number one overall and went on to a stellar Hall of Fame career with the Los Angeles Lakers. So I think we can pretty easily conclude it's not all that much of a debate over who gets that nod out of Big Ten players. Nate and Patrick can duke it out some other time about whether or not Michael or LeBron were the best player ever in the NBA draft, or I'm sorry, in the NBA period. Uh, It's pretty easily um, clear with no debate, honestly, that Irvin Magic Johnson is the best player to ever come out of the Big Ten to go on to an NBA career. But if it's not clear, if you want to debate it, have at it. By all means, tweet at us and tell us why we're wrong, comment, you know, whatever you want to do on that. Uh, and this may be a we just because of that like fake prenup he mentioned earlier. It's mostly him, let's be clear. Well, I'm really glad to have you stand by me, but you know it's been a great uh, almost four years. Um, so got that going for us. Happy uh, anniversary. Yeah, that, that is on Thursday this week. This whole, I, I think this is probably dropping on Wednesday. But anyway, uh, thank you very much for joining us this week. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, be sure to subscribe to Coronation Radio on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Uh, you'll not only get bangerangs and daggers, uh, you'll also get uh, some of the other ones that talk about different sports that don't matter as much as Nebraska ball, such as Five Heart Podcast, John's Post-Life Crisis, and a variety of other ones that are lesser podcasts. Um, be sure to follow us on Twitter for all the great uh, Nebraska ball news at Bangs and Dags, uh, myself at Sparty on Huskers, or Patrick and Nate as well. And by all means, we would appreciate it if you would leave a review of us on your podcast app, or uh, you know, feel free to comment with any thoughts you have on the show in the comments on coordination.com. Thanks a lot. And uh, you stay safe, wash your hands, and have a great week, everyone.